Thanks for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. Our hope is that it helps you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. Welcome back again to the book of Jonah as we complete our book with this final session, looking at the life of Jonah, but specifically looking at the mercy of God. And what we have been able to see throughout this book is an initial calling of Jonah to go to the Ninevites to call out their sin. He goes the opposite direction. He gets on a boat. He heads out to sea, and God sends a storm. It doesn't take long for the sailors to become so scared, so fearful of the power of this storm that they begin to throw Jonah over, realizing that this is what God wants from them. Once they do this, the storm calms, and the fish comes and swallows Jonah. And what does Jonah do? He has a prayer of thanksgiving, thanking God because he knew he was headed for death and God saved him. Yet again, we see God display his mercy. When God sees that Jonah has had what seems to be a change of heart, he spits, vomits him up onto the land and gives him that same purpose once more. He doesn't just save him from death. He gives him a second chance to have a purpose for God. And so he commissions him, go to Nineveh, arise, go to that place and call out against it. So Jonah goes, he goes to Nineveh, he calls out against it. He uses five Hebrew words that simply mean Nineveh, change or this whole city is going to be overthrown and that's what they do. That is what the city of Nineveh does. The king from the greatest to the least of them to the poorest, they begin to have a change of heart. They repent. It says actually that the king derobes. He he puts on sackcloth. He sits in ashes. He becomes so far beneath what he was once assuming that he begins to grow in a dependence and a need for hope and mercy. And that is what God gives. And the rest of our story is now simply Jonah's response to what God has done. Let's pick up in chapter four. It says this, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he was angry and he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish for I knew that you were a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Sometimes we hate mercy. Jonah certainly seems as though he does. You see, God relents and Jonah begins to be so frustrated, so angry. He hates God for what he has done. I mean, we just came not that long ago from Jonah thanking God, from rescuing him from the fish. And now the very thing that Jonah loved about God, he hates about him. He knew, he says, that God was the God of love and mercy, that God was a God who would be gracious, that would relent from the disaster. And it was frustrated that God has chosen to be merciful to these people, these enemies of God who have who have done all the things necessary to deserve his wrath. And he goes to God and he says, now just kill me instead. I'd rather die, he says, than see these people live. Now, why? Why does Jonah hate the Assyrians so much? Why does he hate the Ninevites so much? Well, the general consensus among scholarship is that Jonah was nationalistic, He'd suffered from nationalism. And if you know, the nation of Israel was an important nation. It was the chosen people of God. 
It was the people that God rescued. He called them out, the specific group of people, that they would be the chosen people, that they would have the promised land, that they would be able to have the laws and the words of God, and they would be able to protect them and enact them and behave according to them. And every single person who didn't have this code of conduct, who didn't live within this bounds, who didn't have this sort of identity, was seen as a threat. If they were immoral, if they were an outside nation, they were an enemy of God. They were less than. And that's the whole point, is Jonah is beginning to see that these Assyrians are so far from who God has called people to be, specifically the nation of Israel. In fact, not very many years from now, The Assyrians would be the very ones who would destroy Jerusalem. They would debilitate the people, enslave them, and destroy the temple. The Assyrians, the very people God has called Jonah to to warn, and God lets them live? God shows them mercy? How? How could this be? You see, nationalism is the idea that our behaviors, our beliefs, who we are, is superior than all others. And specifically, if there are those who challenge our ideas, our behaviors, our beliefs, they are seen not just as enemies, but as less than. And that's what Jonah was doing. Jonah's hatred for his enemies was greater than his love for his God. Jonah was more concerned about how the Ninevites would receive God's wrath than his love. That's the point of what is going on. And can I confess something to you? I experience the same anger sometimes, the exact same. When I see the music that people listen to, when I see the movies people watch, when I hear what the influencers of our culture are saying what truth is, I get angry. And I hope it's a righteous indignation, but I'm just like, man, God, would you just please come? Like, come, Lord Jesus, I'm ready. I'm ready to be taken out of this world as we continue to just entertain our minds with filth. But listen, Listen to what 2 Peter 3 says. It says this, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. You see, the Lord hasn't come yet because he's still calling us to go. And he's far more patient than we are. You see, he sees every single soul as valuable, and he loves them, he desires them, he wants to show them mercy if they would simply repent. They would escape the wrath of God and enjoy the mercy and the love that he so willingly wants to give them. And God's question to Jonah is simple, and it's penetrating. Do you do well to be angry? Jonah responds. Listen to what he says. Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah, that it might be a shade over his head to save him from discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. So Jonah left the city 
He goes up perhaps on a hill nearby and he builds a booth. This would have been pretty easy for him, perhaps common if the Israelites were observing the, the three major feasts. One of those was the Feast of Tabernacles. It was the one that they used to commemorate their, their traveling through the wilderness. They would make booths as they followed God, as they followed his presence. And so it seems as though Jonah is making a similar type of booth. Perhaps he got some nearby branches or wood. He began to tangle them together to create a sort of covering. But as that heat began to set in, those leaves, they began to wither and wilt. And probably the sun at this point started to bake Jonah. In fact, it could get up to about 110 degrees within this area. And Jonah is beginning to hate having to to endure these things. But I think there's two reasons as to why Jonah comes up on the hill and begins to look over the city. The first is this. He wants to see if God might change his mind. Perhaps... Over the next 40 days, when it's all over, they will go back to their their ways and God will see that they need to be destroyed. If so, the second reason is Jonah wants to see it happen. He wants to see the city destroyed. Again, just shows his disdain for human life. He's so hateful towards his enemies that he would rather see them die than to see them understand and respond to the love of God. And so what what God does is he creates a plant. He has a plant that grows up over Jonah and it shields him, it shades him from the sun. And it apparently lasts the whole day because it was only until the next morning dawn when a worm, God had a worm come and devour the plant. But what's interesting is when that plant is initially grown and it covers Jonah, it says he has this immense relief. There's this, this, this exceeding happiness that, it, that Jonah says that he has. And what's interesting is it's the first time we hear, we hear Jonah be this happy. Like we didn't even see this when he was saved from the fish. And we especially didn't see it when he saw the Ninevites repent. But when he's experiencing the shade of this plant, he has a comfort that he hasn't had. But when that worm destroys it, ooh, it gets bad. You see, God sends a scorching wind and it makes and amplifies the discomfort of all that Jonah is experiencing. The heat is getting to him now. Listen to what he says. And he asked that he might die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle? Again, we see Jonah's morale just being crushed to the point of despair, to the point of wishing for his own death. And the truth is, God never got the answer to the question that he asked him initially. Do you do well to be angry? And so he creates this plant, and it comes over Jonah, and then it withers and it dies. And Jonah is crushed again to the point of asking God for death. And Jonah and God goes to Jonah again, and he says, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And what's Jonah's response? Yes, I do. I'm angry, angry enough to die. I mean, God is just so patient with Jonah here. I would just be done with Jonah, but God is just so patient. He just continues to walk with him, trying to help him see what it means to show mercy, to enjoy the best parts of who God is. And it's funny because I'm ready for God to show his wrath to Jonah. But God loves mercy. God loves mercy. 
And he says, Jonah, did you work for that plant? Did you labor for it? Did you make it grow? Did you bring it into existence? No. Did you do any of that for the Ninevites? No. You see, God made the plant grow, and God created those human souls, over 120,000 persons. God created them. He desires them. He loves them. He wants to see them experience the mercy of God and also the blessing and enjoyment of obeying his commands, these things that lead to human flourishing, that they would truly begin to see their creator in a way that enjoys him. God loves it. I love that he just throws in that cattle line and cattle. It's like this whole book is just building, 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 building. The narrative is just getting deeper and deeper. We're going further and further. We finally get to Nineveh. They finally hear the the truth of what God is going to do. At the very end, the, the, the writer just throws in cattle, right? But it's intentional, right? Because God is a God who cares and rules and is sovereign over all creation, You see, we've already seen that in the wind and in the waves and in the heat and in the fish. He wants to see it all redeemed. All of it needs to be brought back to its original design and purpose. And God isn't done yet. And God is trying to help Jonah see that he has no part in any of this. And yet God is inviting him into enjoy the blessings of his mercy, enjoy the blessings of his love. And Jonah's hatred, his rage for his enemies is just too much. He's been blinded. He can't see what's good or right anymore. And Jonah is just aside himself. And the point is he just, the author leaves us with no resolution. We don't know what he does. Does Jonah respond? Will he say anything at all? The author tells us nothing. Because the point is that we have to answer the question. You see, I am Jonah. You are Jonah. And the point is that we must begin to grapple with this mercy. Because sometimes we hate mercy because it feels a lot like injustice. But God loves mercy. And so I will leave this time together in the same way that the author of Jonah does with some questions for you. Did you decide what nation you would be born into? Did you decide what color of skin you would have? Did you decide how wealthy your parents would be? Did you decide that you would be taught, that you would hear the word of God and see what Christ has done for you through his death and resurrection? Because more people in the world will never hear that at all. Here's the major question I wanna leave you with. Will you decide to be less offended by who people are, and more merciful because you know who they can become. Will you go with mercy to those who are on a path towards destruction? Thanks again for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. We hope that this teaching is helping you discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. If you're interested in learning more about Christ Church, visit us online at cco.church.